0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Well, I have a, um, a text tonight. If you have your Bibles, the book of Acts chapter number eight. And I feel that I've got a word from God for this evening and for this church tonight. And I believe that God is going to do great things in this service Um, and I don't know about you, but this last Sunday, um, there was there was a special presence of the Lord that was here on Sunday with us as we worshipped. And I believe that God did a lot of great things. But as Pastor Justin just said, um, if you missed or you have interest in going back and listening or watching any of those, you can go to our website. And our podcast is there, as well as our Facebook page. You can rewatch any of those services. Um, but Last Sunday, this past Sunday, there was just such a special presence of God in the altar, and I just felt led to preach tonight on the heels of this past Sunday um, about give me five loaves of bread. And all I could think about in my mind after Pastor Justin preached that was he said that the loaves were about half the size of a hot dog bun. And um, I don't know about you, but that I was sitting there and as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, that would be perfect with a little piece of fish that would be real perfect for what Jesus did. But then the part, the kind of carnal side of me, I was like, man, I'm not going to lie. I might have been asking for seconds if it was only the size, half the size of a hot dog bun. However, I digress that what God is doing, um, and there was still some leftover. It's so amazing. And I believe that God's getting ready to do something special in this house. Book of Acts chapter number eight, uh, verse number one, it states, Now Saul was consenting to his death. This is talking about Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Let me hear you say preaching the word. They preached the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord... Heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice, not a quiet voice, they weren't going easily into the night, but the Bible states a loud voice. And the word that is used here in crying means a distress call or a cry of pain. The unclean spirits were sending out a distress call to let other unclean spirits know that something new was happening in Samaria. They were sending out a call or a a cry of help to let somebody else know that there was something new, something different that had perhaps not happened before in Samaria. And I find it so interesting that the rest of this, it states, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Look to your neighbor and say, great joy in that city. And tonight, for just the next few moments, I want to preach to you great joy in that city. Great joy in that city. We live in a society where it would seem very easy to have joy. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at people and I see them and I'm like, man, they got no joy. For example, I was in an airport recently, and if you want to see some of the saddest individuals you've ever seen, go people watch at an airport. People have missed flights, parents are tired, and if you've got two young kids, it is real easy to lose your joy just like that when you travel. All the parents said amen. (laughs) So I was recently at this airport, and Bishop has said it, and I, and I believe it, that if some people would just turn their frowns upside down, we would have, we would see an end time harvest like no other. But I was looking at people, and as they were walking by, people were angry, and you could see people were just, they were upset, or perhaps life had gotten to them, but I just couldn't find any joy. And I'm just looking at people, and I, um, I'm just, I'm saying, man, that's, that's a really sad face you have on right now. And if you look to them and you were to talk to them, they probably wouldn't be that upset, Brother Steed. But maybe they just haven't figured out how to work their face yet this this far in life. But sometimes I think about joy and sometimes I think that when we go through life and perhaps we may not be experiencing the most joy in our life and perhaps we may be in the middle of a valley or a trial, it's really important to have joy even still, even though life may be a mess, even though life may be turning upside down for you. And I'll, as I was in this airport and people were there and I was just people watching, I just, I just took a moment and I just counted how many people, it appeared, were suffering from a lack of joy. And I just, the number quickly reached 100 of people that just looked miserable, people that looked upset. And again, they may have been very happy people. That may be just the way their face works. But I believe that if you've got joy, your face works. You've got a smile on your face. But I was looking at it and as I began to think about it, I said, I then I looked at my and I just began to take a self inventory. I was like, Well, wait a second. I'm looking at all these people and I'm judging them and I'm saying, Man, this person's got no joy And I was like, Do am I portraying joy? And I like realized I like kinda pulled my phone up and kind of did like that reverse camera and I looked, I was like, This isn't a face of joy. So I quickly turned that frown upside down and I realized that, you know what, maybe I'm just gonna put on a smile today, maybe I'm just gonna be kind to somebody and not too long after that, I was sitting there and I'm walking through Chicago Midway Airport and if you've ever been to Chicago Midway Airport, that is a part of the earth that God forgot to bless because that airport is awful. Right there in Denver, my goodness, whew, you wanna pray through, go to those two airports. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the police are escorting people off. They're like, please please move, please move. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what, what are you moving me for? We're in the airport. I already went through security. I'm good. But they were like, no, we have an honor flight that's coming through. And if you know anything about an honor flight, it's about veterans, and they bring them in. They fly them to D.C. They fly them back to the airport and everything, and it's amazing. But this was a group of Vietnam and Korean War veterans who did not receive a welcome when they came home. Things were a little different, and when they came home, most of them were... Probably shamed for going to fight, and that's just the way that it was. And so, they had all of these men. They had their family there, and they had the the, the band. They had the navy there to greet these men and to walk them through the airport. A hundred and nineteen uh, military men and women came off this plane, and it was absolutely amazing. And but what I saw was was that when there was something to be hopeful about or something to celebrate. All of the people that I had just seen moments before that looked miserable, that looked hopeless, that looked dejected, all of a the sudden they, they welled up with a sense of pride as if, you know what, we're going to celebrate these heroes that are walking off this plane. And all of the people, there were people sure that walked by that were scoffers and that were upset with the fact that we were taking time to celebrate them. But the overwhelming majority of every single person that walked by clapped for them, high fived them, and hugged them. And 119 soldiers walked off that plane. And as I stood there, as I realized, it began to give me some idea of that when there is something to be excited about, it's easy to have joy. It's easy to sit there and say, oh, when God's blessing, oh, I love what God is doing in my life. Oh, when the windows of heaven are pouring out and opening up in my life, oh, it's real easy to have joy. But we see in our text chapter that this was a city that we could probably say was a dark area. It was oppressed perhaps. The Bible states that many unclean spirits came out. And all of a sudden we see that Philip shows up and all of a the sudden there is this time and this moment and this space where he shows up and he preaches Christ. When you just tell somebody who Jesus is, that's all you really need. You don't have to know every single thing about the Old Testament. You don't have to be an expert in the book of Leviticus. It may help, but if you just know who Jesus is, you're going to be able to point somebody in the right direction. And so we see that Philip shows up and he begins to preach Christ. And I love this because the church was pushed out by Saul and his oppression of the church and what he was doing to scatter everybody. But the church said, you know what, we may be scattered, we may have to go new places, we may have to try new things, but it doesn't matter because we're going to do what the call of God was, and that's to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So Jesus, God was just helping them, saying, you know what, you go, you do. And so Philip goes, and the Bible very clearly states that he walks into Samaria to preach christ and as we see and as we know this story that you could go back to john 4 and it's the same region that jesus went to and while he's there he's preaching to the woman at the well and she says i don't have a husband he says correct you have five and we know but the story picks up in john 4 and 39 it states many of the samaritans of that city believed in him jesus because of the woman the word of the woman who had testified You see, when Jesus showed up to Samaria himself for the first time, there were many who believed. But when Philip shows up, he begins to just preach that same Christ and say, you remember that guy, Jesus, that was here years ago? Remember when he came and he talked to the woman at the well? And and I'm sure in somebody's mind they began to recollect and say, you know what? I remember hearing stories about this revival. I remember hearing stories about what Jesus did in that time and that frame and, and how everything happened. And when Philip shows up, he says, let me just tell you who he really was because he died on Calvary. He was crucified. He was buried in the grave. And for three days and three nights, he was in the grave. But on the third day, he got back up. And all of a sudden, the people say, wow, with just a little bit of knowledge that I had and who he was when he was here last time. And all of a sudden, the Bible states that a great number begin to receive salvation as Philip began to preach. So this idea that Philip begins to preach something begins to happen. Whenever you preach Christ, whenever you speak Christ, whenever you talk about Jesus, something begins to happen. The Bible states that there were many who cried out with a loud voice of unclean spirits. They came out of those that were possessed. Then all of a sudden that the lame were healed, those that were paralyzed. And I find it so interesting that the writer of Acts specifically says that those who were possessed, they came out. And those who were paralyzed and lame were healed. This was a very specific revival that Philip was a part of right here. But all of a sudden we see that great joy came to the city. When we talk about the things that what Jesus is doing, great joy comes. You ever get around somebody and they're just sitting there and they're saying you know, my, my life is a mess and you start to tell them about what Jesus has done for you, their face just begins to change. Because they say, you know what, if, if he could do it for you, brother Mark, he could do it for me. What happens is there's a transference of joy to somebody that was once hopeless somebody that was once broken and somebody that once had nowhere to go, nothing to do. They said, "I, I don't know where to turn, but you said, you know what? You know this Jesus that can help me out of this situation. You know this Jesus that can mend my broken heart. You know this Jesus that can reach down and turn all of this pain, all of this anger, all of this shame, all of this guilt and turn this around. That's who you're talking about. That's who I'm talking about. And Philip says, you know what? That Christ that was crucified, he's here with us today. That same spirit, that was in him is now in me and it can be in you today. What Philip was saying was, it may be dark it may seem like there is no hope but when Jesus Christ is preached, there is great joy that comes to that city. There is great joy that comes to your family there is great joy that comes into your walk and your relationship with God. You may be in the middle of the mountain or you may be down in the valley but when Jesus is preached great joy comes into your life You see, great joy entered that city on that day. After Jesus talked to the woman at the well, it doesn't say anything about great joy. But Philip shows up and he says, you know what, I'm just a deacon in the church, he wasn't an apostle, he wasn't an evangelist at this time, he was just a deacon at the church and he said, I'm just going to preach Christ. And when Philip shows up and he just begins to preach Christ and just begins to tell him about the death, the burial and the resurrection, everybody says, you know what, the spirits begin to cry out, there begin to be healings, there begin to be signs and wonders and all of a sudden we see that joy that we talk about, we see that joy that we sing about. We see that joy that the Lord says is our strength begins to show up. And when we can't do anything else, we say, I've got the joy of the Lord. I've got the joy. I've got the peace of God. And Philip has this moment. And something begins to happen. I find it interesting that the writer chose to lead with the unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice. It's interesting to me because most of the time in the New Testament when we see great things happen, we lead with the miracles. But he leads with the unclean spirits. And I have, from a young age, I've seen some stuff in church. Anybody ever seen some stuff in church? Yeah. Some stuff. Colin, you ever seen some stuff in church? <laughs> And I, I have to tell you, from a young age, there were times where I'd see some stuff in church, and I was like, man, I'd, I'm just going to walk onto this side of the church. I don't know if I got enough Holy Ghost for what's happening over there. <laughs> and growing up, you know, I, I've seen some stuff, and, you know, there were times where, uh, you know, at camp, you know, you always have that one student who thinks they're uber spiritual, and, you know, they're casting devils out of the wall, and you're like, what, what are you doing over here? Yeah. The wall looked at me funny. i got to cast the devil out. God bless you. But I, um, I've seen some stuff, and I find so interesting about this narrative is that the spirits began to cry out with a loud voice. And again, that word means a distress call. Why would the writer use that word to describe what was happening here? And I, I believe it was because Philip had tapped into something that had plagued this city for a while. And the writer is so expert to say that it was the unclean spirits, then it was the paralyzed, and then it was the lame. And I don't know if one had to do with the other. I'm not here to debate that with you. But all I know is that when Jesus showed up, the unclean spirits sent out a distress call saying, we've got to get out of here. You see, There are times in our lives where we come in contact and encounter things that the enemy is trying to do to distract what God is trying to do. And I'll never forget there was one time when I was uh, in a coffee shop in another city and I walked into this coffee shop and I've shared this story before but I felt led to share it again tonight. And I walked into this coffee shop, one of the biggest coffee shops in this city. It's not a small city. And there was nobody there on a Saturday morning at 8.30. And um, all you coffee lovers know that's not normal. That's not normal. That'd be like going to Starbucks at 8.30 on a Saturday morning and there was nobody in there. It's just not normal. And immediately my spirit was like, whoo, what in the world? Now, there are times when your spirit is heightened and there are times when your flesh is heightened. And I immediately was like, God, what, what, what's going on here? And I just, I knew something was wrong. And I looked over in the back of the coffee shop and there was a man sitting there with no shirt on. Again, not normal for a coffee shop. If you're not a coffee drinker, you don't understand this, but that is, the kind of coffee shops I'm going to, that's not normal, okay? <laughs> I, I'm not going to coffee shops where that's normal, okay? It's just not me. I like bougie coffee. And I walked in, and I'm like, well, wait a second. And I look at him, and I'm like, there it is. That's why my spirit's feeling a little weird right here. And I start to order coffee, and the barista is saying nonsense. Like, it was literally kind of like Charlie Brown and his teacher. I I, I couldn't understand everything. I was like, "Womp, womp, 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 womp. And the, 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 the barista is like, sir. And I'm like, excuse me, don't yell at me. I'm like, what is it? And the guy looks at me and he says, what kind of coffee beans should I order for next week? And I'm like, who are you talking to? I do not work here. I don't have a say on what kind of coffee beans. It's really appreciative. And I'm humbled that you think I should know what kind of beans you should order, but God doesn't work through me to tell you what kind of beans to order. That's just not the way God works. And if he ever decides, Lord, I'm ready, I'm a vessel, let me help somebody with a coffee addiction. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this is is getting weird. So immediately my spirit underneath my breath, I just begin to pray, I said, God, I take authority over every unclean spirit in this place. And when I said that, whoo. Man, that guy in the back of the restaurant whew, and I'm like I'm like, here we go. And I'm like physically putting on the armor of the Lord that morning. I'm like grabbing my invisible shield, going for my sword, putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm ready to rock and roll. And uh I'm sitting there, and the barista is still trying to talk to me. And until this day, I don't know what they were saying. I literally do not. I don't know how I paid. I don't know how I got my coffee. All I remember is what happened next. And I'm sitting there, and I walk over to where I'm supposed to pick up my coffee over here, and this guy starts making a move towards me, like a dead eye, like just stared directly at me, Brother Palmer. And I'm like, in my mind, like the carnal side of me, I was like, this guy's going to throw a punch, and I'm going to take him out. Now, listen... I was a lot bigger than he was, and I felt real good about my chances. (laughs) But I was like, all right, here we go. And he walks up to me, and as he's walking by me, he looks me in the eyes and he says, I don't want salvation. Woo! I hadn't talked to this guy. I hadn't said a word. The barista is still over here babbling on, and I'm just sitting here waiting for my coffee. And he says, I don't want salvation. What was happening? what was happening was there was somebody who walked into that place with joy. There was somebody who walked into that place with the power of Christ inside of them and said, You know what? I don't care what the enemy's going to throw at me today because I know what I've got inside of me. And you see, the enemy is trying to distract. And what would have happened was if I had engaged in a conversation with that barista, that man would have sat completely comfortable. Nothing would have happened, and he wouldn't have felt the need to leave. But when somebody says in their mind, You know what? I have come into this place under the authority of God with the power of Christ inside of me. There is nothing that can stand against me and my God. Oh, no. Where when, are, when me and God are together, anything is possible. And I've come to remind somebody tonight, You have been praying. You You have been fasting and you have been seeking God, saying, God, I need some answers. I need some victory. I need some things in my life to begin to leave. I need some oppression to begin to get off of me. And I have come to remind somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight that with you and Jesus together, where you're in lockstep and saying, Jesus, whatever you want to do, I'm here. The enemy has no place. The enemy cannot stand. And when you begin to bind it and take authority over it, something begins to happen. And the unclean spirits begin to cry out. What was happening is the unclean spirit in that man was beginning to cry out. And he was saying, I don't feel welcome here anymore. Why? Because when Jesus and when Philip showed up into Samaria, something began to happen. So Philip shows up and the distress call goes out saying, hey, Something new is here. Something that we've not dealt with before is here. They apparently felt comfortable enough to live there. But when Jesus is, when Christ is preached, the unclean spirits called out with a loud voice. Oh, I love it. And all of a sudden, the people that had no faith, they begin to see what's happening And throughout the city and throughout the region of Samaria. Those voices are crying out and those people are saying, we've got to get out of here, this unclean spirit. And then next thing you know, the paralyzed begin to be healed. And then the next thing you know, the lame begin to walk. What is happening is when Christ shows up, the unclean spirits, those who are tormented, those who are oppressed, those who are paralyzed, who are relying on others, who those who don't know where to turn and saying, if you don't help me, I can't get there. And the lame, those who have been perhaps this way since their birth. Somebody who had no reason. They said, you know what? It wasn't my parents' fault, but something just happened to me in life. And I've come to tell somebody tonight, you might be there and something might have happened to you when you were a child. And it may not be your fault, but the enemy has tormented you every day. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That it is your fault. That you're the reason why. And I've come to lift that burden off you tonight. That it is not your fault. That there is still a God that can reach you right where you're at right now. There is still a God that can work through you. There is still A God that can reach down and begin to tear apart everything that the enemy has lied to you about for so long. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Let's just lift our hands right now to Jesus. Let's just begin to say the name of Jesus from the front to back, side to side. Let's begin to say the name of Jesus right now. Come on, prayer warriors. Just begin to shout that name right now. Begin to shout the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Just begin to shout that name right now. Come on, the devil begins to tremble at that name right now. Jesus Jesus Ha Jesus Jesus Come on the unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice we can cry out with a louder voice Jesus Ha Woo Hallelujah. There's some spiritual warfare that's about to happen in this place right now. Let's just lift our voices and our hands one more time. There's some spiritual warfare that's about to happen in this place. If you know how to war in the Holy Ghost, just begin to go to war in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, there's some stuff that's about to break in this house tonight. If you've been locked up spiritually, it's time to get in the water right now. There's a river flowing through this church right now. Woo! Come on, the devil is starting to feel really uncomfortable right now. The devil is starting to feel really uncomfortable right now. The warring angel of the Lord is in this place right now. Sister Vanita, when you go to Rwanda, there is going to be apostolic authority. The angel of the Lord is going to go before you. And when you walk in, the demons are going to tremble every single place that you go. They are going to cry out with a loud voice. And the spirit that was on Philip is going to be upon you. The spirit of the Lord is with you. Woo. Ah. Ha ha Haha! Shatta na boko Come on, some of you have been in a battle right now. There is victory in this house. There is victory in this house. You have been in a battle. The enemy has been after your mind. The enemy has been after your spirit. There is victory in this house right now. You see what happened was after the unclean spirits, after the paralyzed, after the lame were healed, there was great joy that came into that city, to that region of Samaria. There was great joy. And our pastor gave us a prophecy and gave us a word that the things that are happening here at the Life Church, they are going to be noised around Kansas City. What is that saying? That there is great joy that is coming to this city. Why? By the working of what God is doing here at the Life Church. the 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 Lord is reaching for somebody tonight. You've been praying. You've been fasting. You have felt the enemy on every corner. But I have come to tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost that great joy is coming to you. Great joy is coming. And there is always a level of spiritual warfare that has to happen before great joy can come. Saul was persecuting the church. That is great spiritual warfare. The church was forced to flee. The church was forced to go in different places than they had ever been before. But they relied on the power and the preaching of Christ, which led to great victory. And I know what God wants to do here in the next few moments, so if we could all stand. I don't think we need any music tonight, but I know what God wants to do here tonight. There are some of us that have walked in here bound, so bound, that have walked in so hurt. The Lord wants to lift that off you tonight. What's gonna happen is that paralyzed spirit that you've had is going to just disappear. That ability that you've come into church and you just can't quite raise your hands up just far as you want or you just can't quite get the victory that you're looking for, that is going to leave tonight in this place. And those that have been tormented by the enemy, you're going to leave here in victory. Your spirit, your heart, your soul has been tormented. You are going to leave here in victory. I know what I'm talking about because all day I battled spiritually about this message tonight. And if I were to tell you some of the things that the enemy tried to heap on me for tonight. Pastor Justin, you know, you preach. There are times where you get questions and you're like, maybe I'm not supposed to preach this tonight. Or maybe, maybe I don't feel the enemy begins to sow seeds of doubt. And I just felt that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you tell my people that great joy is coming. So here's what I want. Here's what I believe the Lord is wanting to do. If you need to be set free from a paralyzed spirit, or from a lame and you just feel that you can't quite get where you want to in God, I want you to come to the altar. If you need to be set free from the enemy has been tormenting your mind, I want you to come to the altar. He's been tormenting your soul. I want you to come to the altar in an act of faith. And what's about to happen in this place is that the Spirit of the Lord is getting ready to do what only God can do. It has nothing to do with me, but it's the Spirit of the Lord that's getting ready to just lift that burden and to lift all of those things that you've been wrestling with, that you've been dealing with. So if we could, every hand lifted up, and every faith-filled believer, if you want to begin to fill in behind those that are in this altar. Come on, that's it. There's about to be a spirit level, of spiritual warfare that sweeps through this place right now. If you've come down to this altar, I want you to lift your arms as high as you can right now. If you've come down to this altar, I want you to begin to lift your voice as loud as you can right now. And we're going to release the word of faith. And when we do, and when we say in Jesus' name, I want you to shout Jesus with all that you've got. Because when they preached Christ... When they preached Jesus, when they preached the death, the burial, and the resurrection, that's when the supernatural began to happen. So when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to shout Jesus with all that you've got by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, we loose every unclean spirit out of this place right now. God, we command that those that are paralyzed in their spirit would be healed. Those that are tormented by the enemy would be set free. And those that are lame in spirit would be set free right now in Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. Shout Jesus with everything you Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.